It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 184. Uh, we have to begin with this. That is, of course, Keep On Rocking in the Free World from Neil Young, one of his best-known songs, and that was when Neil Young was a radical and challenging the establishment. Well, in a fascinating tale about our society, we're finding that some of our ageing hippies have become the most conservative of people, backing the capitalist corporations and centralised government and condemning any who would dare rebel against it. So, what's the story with this? Neil Young asked that his music be withdrawn from Spotify if they didn't cancel Joe Rogan. Now, I'm not sure that Neil Young can do that because he sold at least half his music in a $150 million deal a couple of uh, years ago. But um, anyway, much to his shock, Spotify agreed with him and said, sure, we'll take a while. We're not cancelling Joe Rogan. Uh, they had paid $100 million for Rogan. I mean, imagine $100 million for a podcast. I I'm, hope Spotify are listening. This goes out on Spotify as well. And um, I don't know, $10 million will do for me. But I really do want you to listen to this. Now, this is fairly lengthy. I don't normally play a clip this long. This is up to three minutes. But this is Rogan himself uh, explaining uh, what went on. So listen to this. I wanted to make this video, first of all, because I think there's a lot of people that have a distorted perception of what I do, maybe based on sound bites or based on headlines of articles that are disparaging. Um, the podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation, specifically about two episodes, a little bit about some other ones, but specifically about two, one with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough and one with Dr. Robert Malone. Dr. Peter McCullough is a cardiologist and he is the most published physician in his field in history. Dr. Robert Malone owns nine patents on the creation of mRNA vaccine technology and is at least partially responsible for the creation of the technology that led to mRNA vaccines. Both these people are very highly credentialed, very intelligent, very accomplished people, and they have an opinion that's different from the mainstream narrative. I wanted to hear what their opinion is. I had them on, and because of that, those episodes in particular, uh, they, those episodes were labeled as being dangerous. They had dangerous misinformation in them. The problem I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Like, for instance, eight months ago, if you said, if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID. You would be removed from social media. They would, they would ban you from certain platforms. Now, that's accepted as fact. If you said, 
I don't think cloth masks work. You would be banned from social media. Now that's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned from many social media platforms. Now that's on the cover of Newsweek. All of those theories that at one point in time were banned were openly discussed by those two men that I had on my podcast that have been accused of dangerous misinformation. I do not know if they're right. I don't know because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a person who sits down and talks to people and has conversations with them. Do I get things wrong? Absolutely. I get things wrong, but I try to correct them. Whenever I get something wrong, I try to correct it because I'm interested in telling the truth. I'm interested in finding out what the truth is. And I'm interested in having interesting conversations with people that have differing opinions. Um, I'm not interested in only talking to people that uh, have one perspective. That's one of the reasons why I had Sanjay Gupta on, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who I respect very much, and I really enjoyed our conversation together. He has a different opinion than those men do. I had Dr. Dr. Michael Osterholm on at the very beginning of the pandemic. Um, he is on President Biden's COVID-19 advisory board. I had uh, Dr. Peter Hotez on, who is uh, a vaccine expert. I'm interested in finding out what is correct and find, I'm also finding out how people come to these conclusions and what the facts are. Now, I think that's brilliant. In fact, Neil Young has had the opposite effect on me. I didn't listen to Joe Rogan, but I've just subscribed. Uh, it's, it's a fascinating character. And I love the fact he says this. I mean, here's the maturity. We talk to people we don't agree with. I would say this. This is maturity as well. You deal with misinformation or falsehoods by telling the truth. I don't claim that I, I don't want people I strongly disagree with, like, say, last week we talked about Jane Ozan or, you know, people like Peter Saunders or politicians I don't like or philosophers or, or even, to be honest, racists and others. I'd prefer to challenge them, to deal with them. And you deal with misinformation by giving right information, by telling the truth. It is ridiculous that there is only one accepted narrative. It is ridiculous that these ex-hippies have become the defenders of corporate capitalism. And, you know, grasp this. I mean, I had one guy, uh, in fact, I, I answered him and my post was removed by the people because I, all I did was answer him. But one guy saying, he's putting out false information. He's putting out false information. Robert Malone, this is amazing, is a virologist and immunologist who contributed enormously to the technology of mRNA vaccines. And he, he, he warned about people, think twice before you're, you vaccinate your kids. And I think that's a legitimate warning. And why shouldn't he? And well, what does he know? Uh, he invented the vaccines. Guys, he may be wrong, but... There are so many people who are going on who don't know. It's just all political. Now, here's the thing that's even funnier. Not funnier, but even more bizarre. Neil Young had a Monsanto album, a whole album of songs about genetically modified food, which was absolutely filled with anti-scientific nonsense and actually profoundly dangerous because some of these genetically modified foods have been great in feeding people and preventing millions suffering from starvation. Now, Spotify, if they were going to be consistent, if they'd sided with him, then they would have had to ban his 
2015 album, the, the Monsanto years, because he, he just lied about poison-ready patented seeds. There was, there was no scientific basis for that whatsoever. And there is no credible evidence that eating GM crops has ever done anyone harm. So here we have someone who perpetuated anti-scientific nonsense, saying he's going to, uh, which, which itself could have caused a great deal of harm, saying that he is going to withdraw from Spotify because he wants to defend science. Oh, dear. It reminded me of an old feud. Now, some of you will know of this and others you won't know this, but Neil Young wrote this song. Listen to a bit of this. Southern man, don't forget what your good book said. That was his attack on um, racism in Alabama. It's a little bit more than that. He condemned whole groups of people on that. <clears throat> and the way to answer that, well, this was the answer. You'll recognize this. heard Mr. Young sing about her. I heard old Neil put her down. I hope Neil Young will remember a southern man don't need him round. In the contest of the two songs, I'm afraid, much as I like Neil Young, Leonard Skinner won hands down. Now, what's disturbing is that there are uh, other people joined in this as well. So, uh, this lady, for example. They paid paradise, put up a parking lot. With a pink hotel, a boutique, and a swinging hot spot. Seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. They 
songwriter brilliant song Big Old Taxi one of my favourite songs they pay paradise they put up a parking lot here's Johnny Mitchell the 1960s hippie complaining about the corporates using their science to build what parking lots paving paradise but now she's opposed and this is one's almost quite funny Harry and Meghan have warned Spotify but Spotify, I believe, have paid them 10 or was it $18 million for their absolutely useless efforts. Um, and so Harry and Meghan, have, of course, have not withdrawn from that. I mean, they want the money. But they still have to do the virtual signalling. I can't remember who this was, but I read someone saying, I am boycotting Spotify. Uh, I'm doing this for the same reason as I don't have a Netflix subscription. I refuse to subsidise the efforts by Harry and Meghan to monetize their royal fame. If either company terminates its relationship with a couple, I'll consider using its services, but for the moment I will stick to YouTube. Um, the notion of Harry and Meghan telling us what is and what is not scientific. Wow. We need some education. Well, there's this as well. You, who are on the road must have a code that you can live by and so become yourself because the past is just a goodbye teach your children well their father's hell did slowly go by and feed them on your dreams the one they picked the one you know by don't you ever ask them that's Crosby still Nash and Young Neil Young again but Graham Nash has said that he is going to withdraw his music from Spotify uh, I wrote he said about teach your children well. I, I, th I thought that was interesting. You must have a code to live by. Teach your children well. Well, I hope Mr. Nash will teach his grandchildren that people should learn to think for themselves, that they should learn to question, that they should know that there isn't such a thing as the science, but there is science, and science itself is questioning. Science itself is falsifiable. Now, I'm sticking with this because... This is really a very important subject for us understanding our culture and our context. And I, I, there's an article in Unheard, and I do love Unheard as well, by uh, Jerry D. Bartle. And it, it's, it's a brilliant article talking about the dynamic of consumer politics. And he says this, you see a complicated issue, vaccine hesitancy rates across the world, reduced to one cause, misinformation, attached to a single source, Joe Rogan, and sold through a single transaction, Boycott Spotify. Feeling blindly self-satisfied in their ethical act, this may explain why some hashtag Boycott Spotify participants are posting screenshots of their move to rival companies such as Apple and Amazon, companies which have far more ethically questionable histories than Spotify. What's actually crucial for the boycotting class is not that they are doing something, 
but that they are seen to be doing something. I think this, by the way, is a brilliant insight. Boycott Spotify is ultimately a sign of our times, where building a public presence as an ethical consumer is more important than grappling with complex issues of public health and freedom of expression. It's the latest form of a new, it's the latest example, sorry, of a new form of online activism, a dizzying show without much substance, but with a powerful instinct to, ca- to censor. That is brilliant. Well, I couldn't leave you with this. Um, I couldn't leave you without playing this. Uh, you've, I'm sure some of you are aware, or maybe you're not, because it's not being covered very much by the media. But there was a huge convoy of trucks in Canada and up to half a million people protesting against Justin Trudeau's vaccine mandates and everything else and just a whole bunch of other stuff as well because he's so authoritarian. And Trudeau, by the way, called them racists and misogynists and homophobes and everything. Uh, the idea of Trudeau, blackface Trudeau, uh, accusing other people of being racist just because they oppose him is absurd. But anyway, I came across this song. Um, listen to this. trucking in the free world. Uh, Of course, Neil Young's Canadian as well. Right, let's move on to COVID. Um, First of all, we've had further confirmation that Dr. Anthony Fauci was told in a secret teleconference that the coronavirus had leaked from a laboratory in China, yet he deliberately pushed the other narrative. Now, if you want to deal with misinformation... That's what should happen. I I firmly believe Fauci. Uh, Fauci's misinformation led to millions of deaths. And I think he should be prosecuted for it. And then here's another uh, thing about COVID. And, And, you know, this is becoming more and more clear. COVID lockdowns did more harm than good, a major study has found. Restrictions prevented only 0.2% of deaths in the first wave. And uh, the researchers suggested that this should say to us, we shouldn't be going down this route. We went down this route, by the way, because China did. And our leaders panicked, and then they discovered they could get away with it. So these are not minor researchers. These are researchers from the John Hopkins University in the US, Lund University in Sweden, and the Center for Political Studies in Denmark, who have said that the cost to society far outweighed the benefits and they called for lockdown to be rejected out of hand as a future pandemic policy. Now, personally, I feel quite vindicated because I wasn't sure about masks. I've become less sure about them. I'm very sure about vaccines, how they've helped. and But I was also equally sure, increasingly so, that lockdowns were a disaster. 
and it turns out they were. Um, they found out that some measures did save lives, so closing non-essential businesses, estimated to have lowered mortality by, by about 10%, a fall largely driven by closing pubs. They found that border controls, it was only 0.1%. They found that legally enforced lockdowns were only a tiny bit better at cutting deaths than allowing the public to follow recommendations, such as happened in Sweden. In other words, 52,000 people in Britain who died in the first wave, lockdown saved 100 lives. And I, how many lives have they cost? How many lives have been cost through through the depression, through other illnesses, and many, many other things. You know, we've had a, a go at aging hippies. Not everyone has sold the past. There are still rebels. And this one, I've played him before, but this is very appropriate. It's, of course, Van Morrison, No More Lockdowns. No more lockdown. No more government overreach. No more fascist bullies disturbing our peace. No more taking our freedom and our God-given rights Pretending it's for our safety when it's really to enslave Who's running our country? Who's running our world? Examine it closely and watch it unfurl Making up crooked facts No more lockdown No more pulling the wound Over our eyes No more celebrities Telling us How we're supposed to feel No more status quo Gotta put your shoulder to the wheel no more Yeah, no more government overreach And again, very interestingly here in uh, New South Wales, the Labour opposition has said that it's, it should be mandatory on all health staff and teachers, I think, and others to have a booster jag. But in the UK, where the government had announced that all um, health staff should be vaccinated or lose their jobs, faced with losing 127,515 NHS and care staff um, who haven't been vaccinated, they've backed down. And Sajid Javid has said it is no longer proportionate to require vaccination as a condition of deployment by statute. About time. All right, let's go to this country, uh, National Anthem. That's the wonderful Danes. There's so many things to like about Denmark, but let's tie that in with COVID. Um, by the way, I love the the, the the lyrics of that. You can translate it. Um, it talks about, it's cold old Denmark and in it Freyers Hall who sat in former times, the armor dress fighters rested from the fight, then went up to the enemy's injury, now resting, resting their legs behind the manure of the hills. And talks about, 
Noble women and beautiful virgins and men and healthy swains inhabit the islands of the Danish. Um, hail any Danish citizens who gives what he can, who gives what he can. Yeah. I love Denmark. I, I've preached in Denmark. There's so many good things about Denmark. Study some Danish history. Um, but Denmark has downgraded the threat rating for COVID-19 from a socially critical disease to a generally dangerous disease. They just lifted all the restrictions. Prime Minister Meta Friedrichsson said, told reporters that it was just everything, masks, social distancing, limiting opening, COVID passports, all gone, all gone. Hospitalisation rates are falling. They've got a high vaccination rate. Yeah, go for it. Um, another great story involving a Dane is Christian Eriksson, Danish football player who collapsed on the field and they thought had died. And he's just signed for Brentford, which is wonderful, on a six-month contract. Even though he's had this and even though he's got what's called an ICD pacemaker, he's not allowed to play in the Italian league where he was. And so he's moved to Brentford. Well, good for him. And look, sticking with Denmark, since we're doing a fair bit of music, here's Gasoline. don't know your Danish rock, Gasoline's probably the most famous Danish rock band. I think in the 1970s they were by far the most popular. Um, uh, the little I've heard of them I really like. Uh, Kim Larsen is now dead and I think the lyrics and their, their musical stuff I thought was superb. All right, some economic news. Inflation in the Eurozone is now 5.1%. In the US it's 7%. In Australia it's 3%. It's almost certain that the Bank of England will implement another interest rate rise and interest rates are going to rise across the Western world and there's trouble coming. There's trouble coming. And then, speaking of trouble, this lady got in trouble. The Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's well, not about maybe race. It is. Well, they no, consider. it's about man's inhumanity to man. But these are two Roma. white groups of people. Well, they How do we have to black people see too. them as white and they But you're missing the point. You're missing yeah. the point. The yeah. minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. That's Whoopi Goldberg, who's been suspended from The View because she argued that the Holocaust was not about race. Now, given the racial laws of Hitler, given everything about that, that's an extraordinary statement. Why did she argue that? Here's why she argued it. Because Jews are white. And white people can't suffer from racism. White people are racist. That's the nutty position in which progressive America now finds itself. Which means she's apologized. But, man... 
another kind of quirky story a little bit. Josh Wardle, how do you play Wordle? Um, myself and Annabelle, we play it now. I don't post my Wordle on Twitter or on any social media. It's it's a phenomenal game. Uh, Josh Wardle is a British software engineer. He made up a fun guessing game for his girlfriend, and it's just become it's a a worldwide phenomenon, starting in New Zealand, bizarrely, although he's from Wales. And he's just sold it to the New York Times, so we'll see what happens for over a million dollars. Uh, but it's it's what I love about it is its simplicity. The game is free, and it's you can only play one game, game each day, so you can't binge play it. You don't register to use it. You don't even need to download the app. You don't need to consent to its cookies. It doesn't have any. It's not mining your data. Um, they don't ask you for cash. It's just... It's just, I, I love it. I think it's just genius and good for him. Uh, and I hope they don't ruin it. Okay. Um, we've left a lot of news from uh, out from around the rest of the world. I do think the Rogan thing was really, really important. Uh, because I do think that it indicates a great deal about our society and where we're at. But it's Chinese New Year. And I'm due to speak at a Chinese church uh, this coming Sunday. It's the Lunar New Year. I was walking through Chinatown today. And, you know, we criticize the BBC for often their religious services. They had this wonderful religious service from uh, Manchester, actually, Chinese Christian Church in Manchester. Uh, I listened to the whole thing. I put a link up from it from the BBC. But this is the ending of it. I, I think it's beautiful. Uh, and pray that God blessing would be on you. Join us next week. If you've got any comments, please do let me know. Any questions, any information, anything you want to be discussed or you want to pass on. And if you'd like to support us, just go to the Podbean fundraiser. Uh, all links, by the way, are on the, the weflee.com. Um, God bless you and see you next week. Happy New Year to all our Chinese listeners. Happy New Year 你的荣耀彰显